0: In the meantime, just head over to Patreon.com slash The Writer It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's Patreon.com slash The Writer Help us start something special. Rainmaker FM. Welcome back to The Writer Files. I am your host, Kelton Reed, here to take you on another tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of renowned writers to learn their secrets. Before kicking off the next season of the show, I wanted to share with you some highlights from past seasons. I don't wanna shortchange the most recent interviews with inspiring guests like Jay McInerney, the 80s defining author of Bright Lights Big City, Stephanie Damler, the best-selling author of Sweet Bitter, uh, the co-founder of Wired Magazine, Kevin Kelly, or how neuroscientist Michael Gribko defined writer's block for us. But I do wanna dig into the archives with you and pull out a few of my favorites from a handful of the over 40 authors the Writer Files have cross-examined to learn how they keep the ink flowing, the cursor moving, and avoid writer's block. You'll find links to these shows in the show notes, and past episodes are always easy to find in the archives of your favorite podcast app in iTunes or at writerfiles.fm. And if you're a fan of the Writer Files, click subscribe to automatically see new interviews when they pop up. In this best of volume one, we'll hear from a handful of past guests, including advice columnist and critic Heather Haverleski on social media and managed procrastination, New York Times bestselling author of The Martian, Andy Weir on productivity versus laziness, bestselling debut novelist Cynthia Dupree Sweeney on beating fear and procrastination, bestselling thriller author Mark Dawson on how to publish over a million words in a year, and bestselling author Ann Handley on the only reason to write a book. This episode of The Writer Files is brought to you by Audible. I'll have more on their special offer later in the show, but if you love audiobooks or you've always wanted to give them a try, you can check out over 180,000 titles right now at audibletrial.com/rainmaker. This episode of The Writer Files is also brought to you by Digital Commerce Summit. We'll have more about that unique event for digital entrepreneurs later in the show, but you can check out rainmaker.fm summit for all the details on an amazing educational and networking event. First up is an excerpt from how advice columnist and author Heather Haverleski writes from May 2016. Heather is New York Magazine's Ask Polly advice columnist, and she stopped by the show to chat with me about her process and the many hats she's worn over her 20-year career as a critic, cartoonist, columnist, and essayist. The author's most recent book, How to Be a Person in the World, is a collection inspired by her popular advice column that comedian Patton Oswalt called Required Reading. Check out a few minutes of our chat where we get into why social media can help with a writer's solitude, the upside of managed procrastination, and how to harness the power of the editing process. It sounds like you are a writer who kind of leans into procrastination and and allows for that um, to assist your creative process, but uh, do you have any other kind of tips for beating the dreaded procrastination?
1: I need better tools for avoiding procrastination myself. I think that the, the, the scary thing about um, kind of being into social media, like I love Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I, you know, I go through stages. Sometimes I'm, I just avoid it very effectively for um, weeks on end, and then other times I just, I have another thing to tell Twitter. <laughs> this is so <laughs> stupid. Um, it's You know, even though it's, it feels really dumb, you know, it feels dumb, Cumulatively, it's just like, what am I doing? Why? Um, it, 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 does actually kind of get your juices flowing. If you feel like it's just like anything, like, um, I, I imagine having a podcast, it's almost like you kind of develop a, a, a relationship to your imagined listeners in a weird way. <laughs> um, uh, and having a column is a little bit like that. Tw- Twitter's yeah. a little bit like that. And it's sort of like, it's, it's as if you're talking to yourself kind of like, Oh, you know, Yeah, brainstorming your own stuff in a vacuum. Because I mean, as a writer, and this is like something I think everyone can relate to. You you sit at your desk. I mean, it's it's pretty seductive to have a portal into accessing other writers and interesting people and smart people and different kinds of people around the world. Like, I mean, I I know I'm stating the obvious, but I've been writing from home since 1990 seven. I was much more of a freak before Twitter. I mean, I, it was (laughs) because I spent a ton of time, especially when I was, when I didn't have kids, when I was single, I wasn't married. Um, I wasn't dating anyone for a while. I lived in LA and I, um, I was writing my cartoon for, uh, for suck.com every week, but my schedule is pretty, uh, open And I had, I think I had about two friends in town total, all the people I knew. So, and I spent every day alone and every night alone. It was insane. (laughs) Um, I was a very strange shut in. And I didn't, if I had had Twitter, it would have just been just a little voice of like, okay, there are other people out there in the world. (laughs) I remember walking to the corner store and getting nervous about the way that I said, thank you, as I (laughs) said, change from the guy. I just feel like not interacting with the world at all. Um,
2: yeah.
1: So Twitter, Twitter to me is like a nice water cooler for writers. You know, it's totally. Sort of like, I'm doing. De- wow, I'm gonna take a little break, stretch my legs, <laughs> go over to the water cooler, see what everybody's shooting the shit about. And you know, likewise, it's it can function in the same kind of you know happy way on a good day, and the same kind of like, ugh, I hate my coworkers. <laughs> way also when you yeah. walk over there and you're like ugh everyone's talking about Trump again it's so boring shut up yeah,
0: no, yeah that never happens
1: yeah so I mean you know I, I like the procrastination if it means connecting to other people it can be good same thing with if you're reading you know the New York Times or whatever on your computer it's, it, it's kind of an important part of doing the work of being staying in touch with the world and knowing what's out there and what's happening in the world yeah. um, but I do think that uh you know i need to get more into like okay i can do this you know it's it's sort of like you have to make a decision at the start of it okay i'm going to go on twitter but i'm i think i'm going to set an alarm and make sure that i'm not still on here 20 minutes from now
0: yeah that's um, a good tip good tip
1: and also just obviously when on the days when it's like i've got a deadline the next day or a deadline that day that's when i have to say Okay. You know, I mean, the, the, okay. Bye. This, Bye deadlines, Twitter. <laughs> Yeah. Deadlines are a luxury though. Again, I have a lot of deadlines. So it's, it's very easy to talk about beating procrastination when you know there's an angry editor that's going to be contacting you. Um, what's yeah. Much, much harder is you're writing a giant, you know, you're writing a 500 page novel and no one's going to beat your face in if you don't, you know, get, get a little bit of it done every day. I mean, I found that incredibly, incredibly difficult.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but you know i i think the best the best solution to not procrastinate is just kind of like um it's like you got to get up and remind yourself why you do what you do almost every day you have to be yeah. almost religious about you know i and even especially when you're in kind of like the middle of something that just seems like a slog that you don't even know if it's ever going to turn out well mm-hmm. there's it's sort of like you need to access the religion of I, it's gonna, it's gonna be fine. It feels like it's terrible now. It's gonna be great. I just need to dive in and do it. And also remind yourself, if I get some writing done, I'm gonna feel good for the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, do I want to suffer for the rest of the day, or do I want to feel good for the rest of the day?
0: <laughs> yeah. And you, you talk about, you know, writing to rewrite a lot. You know, writing and writing, and writing, and then paring it down. And writing is rewriting.
1: Oh yeah, I mean there are things that I write that in one sitting that just come out really well, and I barely change that much. But I do still go and read it. I, I will still e- read a piece like that and look to edit it at least five times before I turn it in. I mean I always, you know, go back and and tweak things over and over and over again. And the more you do that, um, if you trust your instincts, editing wise, which you grow to trust your instincts more and more as you gain more experience, Um, you start to love the editing process. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and the more faith that you have that edits will eventually get you where you want to be. I mean, I kind of think the thing that separates writers who give up and writers who persevere and write really good things, the only difference is like the total faith in the process and faith that even though it seems like you know, based on my first draft that I have no thoughts in my head at all. And I'm a really dumb human being, um, who can barely form a sentence. (laughs) Um, I have these other pieces of writing that somehow magically I finished. And I know I can do that again. I know I can pull that off that trick again. And you know, that feeling it's interesting because you, you read other people's writing. That's, that's good that you admire. And you think, these are people who sit down and write gorgeous, perfect things because they're geniuses. I mean, it's just a natural reaction to great writing.
3: Sure. But
1: this is that, you know, everyone slogs through until they like what they've written. A great writer is usually just someone who knows what isn't great and takes it out.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. Next up is an excerpt from how best-selling author Andy Weir writes from September 2015. Andy's the New York Times bestselling author of The Martian, and he dropped by to chat with me about his writing process and the movie adaptation of his hit book, directed by Ridley Scott and starring Matt Damon. From software engineer to sci-fi phenom, Andy's a down-to-earth dude, self-described space nerd who still answers all of his fan mail. Here are a few minutes of the interview where we discuss finding your most productive writing time, one great trick for improving your dialogue, and why your writer's block may just be laziness. Do you have a most productive time of day or place to get your writing done?
2: Yeah, evenings seem to be when I'm most productive, which when I first quit my day job to go full time on writing, I thought I would, you know, write during the day, just like at the same time I used to work. But I found that I don't know if it's because it's what I got into a habit of or, or what, but I'm just much more productive. I'm much better at writing in the evenings, maybe because that's when I did all my writing before, because Mm. it was always, you know, my leisure time activity. It was I I worked all day. Then I'd come home and write in the evenings. Yeah, that's just what I'm used to. I don't know. But that I seem to be a night writer.
0: Interesting. And do you have an office or do you like to get out into into like a coffee shop type, type of a setting?
2: I don't have a home office set up. I've got a desk in the corner of my living room with my computer on it. That's where I do my writing. I do have a spare bedroom upstairs that I could make into a home office, but it's really hot up there. (laughs) I don't have central air conditioning in my place, and so I like to be downstairs. As for going out into the world, I I can't do that. I need to be alone in a room when I'm writing, or there's just too many distractions. Yeah. I'm kind of a social guy. I'll talk to people. If I'm in a coffee shop, I'll talk to the, you know, strangers at the, de- at the table next to me, you know, <laughs> and even worse when I'm writing, when I'm doing dialogue, I really want to say the dialogue out loud to see how it flows, to see how it works. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Good trick.
2: So I'll do the, I'll actually, I will say a conversation both parts of a conversation or whatever. So anybody watching me write would think that was schizophrenic or something. (laughs) And so I wouldn't be able to do that if I was out in public and that would really not work for me.
0: Cool. So when you're really getting into it and getting into a flow, do you like to stick on some headphones, listen to music, or you prefer silence?
2: It's got to be silence. I can, depending on the writing I'm doing, I can sometimes listen to instrumental music, but if it's got words, I can't I, I can't do it. My brain is busy parsing the lyrics mm. instead of working on the sentences. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just I don't know how people can work and listen to lyric music at sure. the same time. And for the most part, even just instrumental music is too much of a distraction when I'm trying to really think and put together stuff. When I'm doing I don't know, less intensive writing, like when I'm writing a pitch or when when the individual like words aren't as critical, when it's not like, ooh, every sentence has to count and, and flow nicely, when it's less important, then I can listen to instrumental.
0: Nice. So do you believe in writer's block?
2: You know, I don't know if everybody has the same definition of what that is. I have never had a problem coming up with stories or directions that a story could go or, you know, what the characters are gonna do next. I've never had that problem. My problem is always motivation. Like, I know you know, what I need to write next. I know what I need to do. I just got to get off my lazy ass and do it, you know? (laughs) So I never get, if you define writer's block as, you know, deciding which way the story's gonna go from here or coming up with a good idea, no, I don't get that. But if you define it as being too damn lazy to actually write, then yeah, I get that all the time.
0: Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories, wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to Patreon.com/slash/TheWriterFiles for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writers' happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join. To get a preview and you can upgrade anytime that's patreon.com slash the help us start something cool and special keep calm and write on we will be right back after a very short break thanks so much for listening to the writer files this episode of the writer files is brought to you by audible offering over 180,000 audiobook titles to choose from. Audible seamlessly delivers the worlds of both fiction and nonfiction to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or computer. For Rainmaker FM listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check them out. Grab your free audiobook right now by visiting audibletrial.com rainmaker. I just hopped over there to grab Stephen King's epic novel 11-22-63, about an English teacher who goes back in time to prevent the assassination of JFK. You can download your pick or any other audiobook free by heading over to Audibletrial.com slash Rainmaker. To download your free audiobook today, go to Audibletrial.com slash Rainmaker.
2: Hey, Jared Morris here. If you know anything about
0: Rainmaker Digital and Coffee Blogger, you may know that we produce incredible live events. Well, some would say that we produce incredible live events as an excuse to throw great parties, but that's another story. We've got another one coming up this October in Denver. It's called Digital Commerce Summit, and it is entirely focused on giving you the smartest ways to create and sell digital products and services. To get all the details and the very best deal on tickets, head over to rainmaker.fm slash summit. That's rainmaker.fm slash summit. And we're back with a few minutes from how bestselling debut novelist Cynthia Dupree Sweeney writes from June 2016. Cynthia is the author of the instant New York Times bestselling novel The Nest, a book she wrote as a recent BFA grad and sold in a seven-figure publishing deal all at the age of 54. Ms. Sweeney's winding journey to bestselling author began with a journalism degree and led to a career in marketing communications as a freelance copywriter and editor. She spoke with me about her life before fiction and how she gets words onto the page. In this segment, we talk about why you can't give in to feeling paralyzed by a big project and how to beat procrastination once and for all. It's interesting that you come from a a journalism background and, and a kind of a marketing and copywriting background. I find that a lot of those of us who have delved into that world, you know, kind of are forced to be organizational in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to know if you felt like kind of some of those tricks of the trade that you learned doing the copywriting thing, which is a, is a completely different type of writing, but it, it it definitely uses your brain in some of uh, some of the same ways did those hacks and some of those tricks and, things that you used in that world help you?
4: Huh, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure that that there was anything specific, like sort of any little tools I had, you know, from the copywriting world that I brought over to the fiction writing world, except I think the idea that, you know, you can't, you can't be. You can't give in to feeling paralyzed about something. Like if you're writing copy for a client, you don't get to say like, "I just, I can't come up with a good idea. I have writer's block. You know, nothing's working." Like you have to, you have to produce something. So I, I'm not pressure. I'm not precious about the writing process. I think it's really time and hard work and effort. And um, that doesn't mean that there aren't days when. When what you know things just aren't working and everything gets thrown away, but I know that that's part of the process of getting to the good stuff like you you have to write the bad pages before you get to write the good pages. and so I think you know having having had to be so disciplined because I was writing for other people and it wasn't my own stuff has definitely helped my attitude uh, about tackling a huge project where you are not accountable to anyone but yourself.
0: Very nice. Do you have some best practices for beating procrastination?
4: Ugh, block the internet. <laughs> I mean, that is it. I, I don't, like, if if you're, <laughs> I, that is a demon. It's right there on yeah. your computer sharing a screen with your huh. You know, work, and I really understand why some computers, uh, some computers, why some writers um, have computers that aren't where they don't even have internet. Like they're yeah. not. You know, I, I get it. I yeah. um, that is, it is really, really hard to. uh, it, It's really hard to black. You know, you have the entire world at your fingertips.
0: Absolutely. Do you have, do you- are you using an app for that or you just, um.
4: Yeah, I use, um, well, I use a couple of different things. I <coughs> use the Firefox browser and they have add-ons. Um, it's called leech block. So one thing I do is, um, block social media. I'm sort of starting at 10 AM and I can't access Twitter or Facebook until, you know, three or 4 PM. And and it's not, it's really easy to disable, but I'm not quite that bad. Like if I <laughs> lock it and I, I don't go in there and disable it unless, you know, for some reason I have to. But um, And then sometimes I use Mac Freedom and just block the entire internet for a chunk of time.
0: And let's move on to an excerpt from how best-selling thriller author Mark Dawson writes from February 2016. Mark's a prolific international best-selling authorpreneur, and he dropped by to talk about self-publishing versus traditional publishing and the productivity hacks that have helped him publish over 23 books. Mr. Dawson's multiple thriller series and self-publishing savvy have helped him to build a vast audience of readers and unparalleled success as an indie author advocate and online marketing authority for writers. In this segment, we talk about why if your process isn't broken, you might not need to fix it. And how to write and publish over a million words in one year. Before you sit down to, to um, get going, there, do you have some any pregame rituals besides getting your kids off to school?
5: Yeah, I, I don't, um, and I kind of wish that I did. So, I mean, I listen to um, all the usual kinds of guys, so Tim Ferriss, um, Pat Flynn, you know, and 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 all those. So I kind of listen to podcasts outside of the writing space now, for just for marketing inspiration. So I know that a lot of those guys and a lot of successful entrepreneurs start with morning routines and, and that kind of stuff. And I, I kind of I like the idea of that. I like the idea of mindfulness and maybe reading a bit before we actually start writing. But my I don't I'm not that organized. And I just tend to, you know, I know I should switch email off for example. I shouldn't probably answer email first thing, but it bugs me to know that I've got fifteen emails that need to be answered. Mm-hmm. And I find it very difficult to to concentrate on the writing when I know that I've got emails that need to be handled. So I'll kind of, i wander in, I'll answer those first of all. Um, I'll probably check my Amazon pages just to see if there's been reviews overnight, which is ridiculous. I know I shouldn't do that either. <laughs> um, but, but I'll, I'll do that. Um, so maybe after kind of half an hour, I'll, I'll get some coffee I maybe have a piece of toast for breakfast. And then, then after half an hour of just kind of asking around, I'll, I'll, I'll actually sit down and start doing something productive mm and i know that if if i actually sat down and and applied some discipline to things i could probably increase my productivity by by you know quite a bit but on the other hand you know it works i can i i can do three to four thousand words a day typically without without really breaking sweat too much and you know i am i'm turning out quite a lot of 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 writing every year so it's you know it does work i'd like to make it a little bit more efficient but you know maybe next year new
0: Well, I heard you say you you published, uh, was it five or six six uh, books in a, in one year, um, which is really truly impressive.
5: Yeah, that was nuts. That was uh, that that was weird. That was 2014. So I was working full time then. I had a job. I live in in um, Salisbury in the southwest of England, near Stonehenge. Um, and I was working in London at the time um, for well, I worked in the film industry. So. I'd commute back and forwards three hours a day on the train, and I still, you know, had the kids. Obviously, I have so commitments, family stuff that, that I wanted to do as well. And I managed to write in 2014, or actually published uh, just short of a million words, so more more than the Harry Potter series um, mm-hmm. in in 12 months. And the reason I was able to do that was I found the most perfect kind of mobile office, which was the train. Mm-hmm. So I'd always get a seat. Always get a table, so I'd I'd get a coffee, open the laptop, put some noise cancelling headphones on, and then that was it. I deliberately didn't tether my phone, so I couldn't get onto the internet too easily, um, and I just write, And you know, I could very very easily do two thousand words in an hour and a half, getting there, and then another two thousand coming back. Wow. And sometimes I remember you know really vividly getting into Waterloo, which is the station I was getting off at, and wishing that the train had another half an hour to go because I was in I was in a really good. Good state, flow, and the writing was coming, and I didn't want to stop. <laughs> so, and, and when I when I stopped when I stopped commuting, so when I, when I kind of went full time, I did consider, and uh, not really in a joking fashion, that it might be worth continuing to, to buy a season ticket just so I could go back and forwards to London on the train. <laughs> um, but I didn't I didn't do that. But it was it was certainly um, that's the best place I've ever found to write. Just no distractions. Um, And if you need to look out the window for a bit just to kind of think about things, you could do that. It was was really a great place to work.
0: And finally, to wrap up Volume 1 of our Best dub series, I have an excerpt from how best-selling author Anne Handley writes from episode number four of The Writer Files from May of 2015. In this episode, digital marketing pioneer Anne Handley stopped by to chat with me about her writing process. She's the Wall Street Journal bestselling author of Everybody Writes, your go-to guide for creating ridiculously good content, a book described as an element of style for the digital age. She's also a brilliant keynote speaker, the world's first chief content officer, and a prolific digital content creator. Here we discuss why you have to find a way to shape your ideas for sharing, the written word as creative news, and the only reason to write a book. Can you define creativity in your own words?
3: You know, I think creativity is really about finding a way to share your own ideas with the world, um, or maybe maybe not share, but maybe finding a way to shape the ideas that you share with the world. Um, I think that's important, and I think it it can take place in whatever. You know, whatever your art is, you know, for some of us it's it's writing, for others it's it's a different kind of art. Um but I think that's really what it is. I think it's about really shaping your ideas and and sharing them with the world.
0: Do you feel like you have a creative muse at the moment?
3: Hmm. Um You know, what inspires me is reading really good writing. Um, You asked me earlier about, you know, how I end my day. And, and one thing that I was just thinking is that after Netflix, after, you know, all of that stuff, I always end the day by reading a really good piece of writing. And typically that's fiction, or it may be some like creative nonfiction from, you know, like the New Yorker or something like that. Um, I'm always really inspired by reading incredibly good writing um sometimes I, it makes me like anxious you know in the sense god i wish i wrote that um but it really is inspiring to me to read people who really can take you on a journey with their words um so i don't think i have a specific muse as much as uh, you know many many muses um who ex- who sort of speak to me in different ways
0: when do you feel the most creative
3: I think when something really strikes a nerve in me, um, you know, I there, there's almost a sense of I can't not say something, you know. And so when something really is kindled inside of me, I almost feel like it ignites and I have to figure out a way to get it out. Otherwise, it literally will consume me, you know. So that's where the, my best ideas come from. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about Everybody Writes, and that book really did come out of this feeling that. I can't not write it you know (laughs) it's like I I didn't know what else to do because it was just something that I felt like had to be said and 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 I sort of let it let it um, you know kindle for a long time inside of me before I was like all right I I just need to do this Um, and I think that's actually the only reason to write a book is because you can't not write it but I also think that's that's almost the only reason not to do any kind of writing you know it's when you can't not say something that's when you should say it.
0: Thanks so much for joining me on another tour of the writer's process. If you enjoy the writer files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us for more episodes or to leave a comment or a question. You can drop by WriterFiles.fm, and you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you soon.